Welcome to the Life in Focus podcast, brought to you through Rogers Research Global, with your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Marie Rogers. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. This is Your Life in Focus. Today, I'm going to talk about cognitive distortions, connect them with your executive functions, and help suggest ways to clearer thinking and better living. Something that every therapist or psychologist looks for when working with an individual in psychotherapy is their pattern of thinking, of processing the world around them, and especially their cognitive distortions. At the end of today's podcast, I'm going to share Miguel Ruiz's Four Agreements from his 1997 bestseller, The Four Agreements, A Practical Guide to Personal Freedom. I believe that his four principles, or as he calls them agreements, are excellent codes of conduct to follow. Simple in their explanation, but powerful if you choose to live your life according to these wise principles. The quality of your thoughts matter. Think about this in perspective to wisdom. We know wisdom when we see it, when we hear it, but can we effectively define it? What exactly makes a person wise? What is the quality that establishes wisdom? Wisdom involves thoughtfulness, and I emphasize thought and thoughtfulness. A wise person is a thinking person. When you think of a wise person, you're in all likelihood thinking of someone who is both emotionally and behaviorally regulated, who is empathic, as well as compassionate, and who has solid insight and judgment. We see here that wisdom is a lot more than intelligence and common sense. It's a way of looking at life with the bigger and higher picture perspective. Keeping the picture of the wise person in view, let's get into the cognitive distortions, which are the thinking patterns that veer away from bigger picture and higher thinking. As an aside and important to note, every human being cognitively distorts reality. Everyone. I say this to make sure that it is clearly understood that the goal is not to never cognitively distort, as we all do it. But this is more about living in awareness, in the space of self-reflection and openness to feedback so that when it does occur, you catch it and you catch it early, giving you a better chance to realign your thinking. Your brain is constantly processing information and does so with lightning speed. It quickly decides what stimuli to attend to and what to ignore. Emotions play a large role in the brain's filtering process. How the information is processed will determine the degree to which you will feel focused, serene, calm, anxious, stressed, and or discombobulated. Your executive functions are key to critical reasoning and problem solving. Critical reasoning and problem solving are negatively correlated with cognitive distortions. As one goes up, the other goes down. Everybody cognitively distorts. You can't always think clearly, logically, and productively. But you can't help notice when thinking goes awry. You can learn to mindfully halt a runaway thought process that is taking you down a dark and deep rabbit hole. You can learn to leverage your executive functions and mitigate cognitive distortions. Clarity in thinking amplifies wisdom. I mentioned executive functioning. If you've been following this podcast and my blog, Life in Focus, then you are probably by now very acquainted with the executive functions. If not, then welcome to the podcast. And here is a quick review. 
The executive functions are the skills required for achieving success. They are interconnected, complex, and coordinated. They are the control or supervisory center located within the frontal and prefrontal lobes of your brain. They are your brain's top management team. Think of them as the CEO of the organization. They collectively make up the job description of being the CEO of you. When you plan something, launch an idea, attend to or focus on something, organize your surroundings or your life, shift your thinking, meaning maintain cognitive flexibility when something sounds better or wiser, manage your time well, control your actions well, you are using the frontal and prefrontal areas of your brain. These functions also include critical reasoning and problem solving, which are relevant to today's discussion. Critical reasoning involves the ability to objectively analyze and evaluate information. When critically reasoning, you are independently examining the information or situation, you're asking questions, and you're recognizing biases. By following these steps, you can feel confident that you are now ready to solidify your thoughts and or make an informed decision. Problem solving involves the ability to identify, analyze, and effectively solve complex or challenging problems. When problem solving, you are conceptualizing the problem, seeking and generating potential solutions, evaluating alternatives, and determining the next best action steps. Critical thinking and problem solving go hand in hand and they are more sophisticated functions of your executive processes or your executive functions. To quote Albert Einstein, the most important thing is not to stop questioning. Curiosity has its own reason for existing. Cognitive distortions or faulty thinking patterns interfere with both critical reasoning and problem solving. They include internal mental filters, biases, and assumptions. By allowing these distortions to run rampant, you increase the risk of operating from inaccurate and misleading information about yourself, your environment, and those with whom you come into contact. This can give rise to conflicts within yourself and with others. There are several types of cognitive distortions. Here are a few that we are going to get into. Jumping to conclusions, polarized thinking, catastrophizing, minimization or minimizing, personalization, emotional reasoning, shoulding or should statements. Let's get into each one. The first one that we're going to talk about is jumping to conclusions. This occurs when assumptions are made. And without solid evidence to support these assumptions, you may find yourself performing such acts as mind reading and fortune telling. For example, when you're mind reading, you may assume to know another's thoughts or more importantly, their intentions. And without engaging in constructive communication, you could potentially be making false assumptions that lead to misunderstandings and hurt feelings. You may interpret your group of friends saying nothing about your upcoming birthday as perhaps they have forgotten about it 
when all along they have been planning a surprise celebration at your favorite travel destination. As they continue to say nothing when the weeks and days leading up to it are fast approaching, you find yourself feeling a growing sense of sadness, bitterness, and or resentment, creating a story within yourself, within your mind, about your friends and this friend group that is simply not true. Not only are they not ignoring you, but they are in fact honoring you with an amazing celebration. The other aspect falling under jumping to conclusions is fortune telling or attempting to predict the future with little evidence to go by. This has unfortunately led many down the neurotic path of needless worry and anxiety. While jumping to conclusions creates funny sitcom skits, that and fortune telling create conflicts in real life relationships and situations. The second type of cognitive distortion we're going to get into is all or nothing thinking, which is also known as polarized thinking. It is thinking in extremes, seeing things as either this way or that, but not somewhere in the middle or somewhere in between. Depending on perspective and visual angle, there are times when both conditions can be correct. A perfect example is when two people disagree as to whether the number they're looking at is a six or a nine. Both are correct depending on the angle in which one is viewing the number. While there are aspects of life that are discrete and distinct, meaning two or more concepts cannot be simultaneously true, much of life does not operate like that. Another way of looking at this is that much of life operates in the gray area. There's room for multiple ways of viewing something. An individual prone to this type of cognitive distortion may view a hiccup in a relationship as the relationship being over. Or one loses a prominent client at work and believes there's no coming back from this misfortune, that this occurrence is going to derail their career rather than to reframe these circumstances and providing yourself with a more realistic picture of the events, you are resorting to negative self-talk that in all likelihood will complicate your future and may end up becoming a self-fulfilling or self-imposed prophecy. A healthy self-talk would include, sometimes unfortunate events happen, but I can bounce back. I believe in myself. The next one is catastrophizing. This is also known as making a mountain out of a molehill and occurs when a person fixates on the worst possible outcome or outcomes. As negative possibilities escalate, fear overtakes and overwhelms the brain and body. Think of fear using its acronym F-E-A-N-R as false evidence appearing real. Here's one basic truth about life that most can relate with. When the worst thing happened to you, the thing that you couldn't possibly really worry about it happening because in all likelihood it caught you by surprise, you probably weren't thinking about it. You weren't planning for it. You weren't getting yourself ready for it. It caught you off guard. It confused you. You felt like you were living in some altered state because you just didn't even know to worry about this. You didn't see it coming. For most of us, the worst things that we've ever had to deal with, we honestly did not see coming, so we couldn't have worried or prepared for them. This reminds me of Mark Twain's quote, I am an old man and have known a great many troubles, but most of them never happened. This could potentially be the problem with worrying. Most of the things you worried about probably didn't happen, or if they did happen, they were not as dire as you would have expected. 
So because most of the things we worry about, if you're prone to worrying, don't occur, your brain has actually associated worrying with a good or positive outcome. This connection can grow more powerful over time and can keep you from doing the appropriate possibility versus probability thinking. When worrying, rather than to go to what is possible, choose to think about it as what is probable. This will help you prepare better, if you even need to, than the endless possibilities of what is possible, especially for those with more creative brains. In anxious thinking and catastrophic thinking, what is improbable has unfortunately become all too possible, and panic rears its ugly head playing the neurotic what-if game. As every negative possibility is generated in your mind, creating an endless what-if scenario that's getting scarier by the second, challenge yourself to reverse the direction of the what-if game. Here are your new rules. What if everything turns out just fine? What if this challenge is really not a challenge at all? What if I am well equipped to handle any curveballs this particular situation may deliver? What if everything turns out better than I could have hoped for? What if this is actually the lucky break I've been longing for, but it's disguised as a problem? Let me repeat this one. What if this is actually the lucky break I've been longing for, but it's disguised as a problem? And the last, what if reversal? What if this situation that I'm concerned about is going to turn out to be the greatest gift I could have received? Again, when concerned or worried, remind yourself of statistics probability theory. Just because something is possible, it does not make it probable. By accurately identifying and examining your cognitive distortions, you will give yourself the power to reverse or rethink them. This is your pathway to peace and emotional freedom. Here is the next cognitive distortion, minimization. This occurs when burying your head in the sand or believing all is well. When the evidence is contrary, it points otherwise. When reframing significant events to lessen their importance, you may find yourself eventually buried under bigger and more formidable challenges down the road. Downplaying a significant situation, event, or emotion is a form of denial, one of the more prominent defense mechanisms. A typical scenario in which this shows up is addictions. When told by countless others, perhaps through an intervention that they believe you have, for example, a drinking problem, a classic minimization response would be to discount the drinking as behavior on your part in which you are just having a good time or having fun or that others need to lighten up. The next cognitive distortion is personalization. This is also known as being very hard on yourself, assuming responsibilities for situations and events that were not within your control. This often involves attributing external events or circumstances that have little or nothing to do with you and making them about you or holding yourself personally responsible. Feelings of shame and guilt emerge, believing that somehow you are responsible for negative outcomes or that a difficult situation was somehow related to your incompetence or lack of proper follow-through. The belief is that you could have done more, 
or done something differently when all evidence points to circumstances that were outside of your control. For example, you are a healthcare professional and one of your patients suffers a negative outcome that was independent of your care and intervention. Personalization would keep you from objectively evaluating the patient's poor prognosis and outcome, leading you to believe that you are somehow responsible. This type of thinking will eventually lead to burnout, especially if you work in the healthcare industry. Emotional reasoning is the next cognitive distortion that we will discuss. This is when you believe your feelings are always accurate and that if you're feeling it, then there must be something to the feeling that is worthy of your full attention and action with full being the operative word here. Emotional reasoning as a cognitive distortion is prevalent in individuals with anxiety and panic disorders. By being excessively tuned into your emotions and feelings, you may make assumptions about reality based on feeling uncomfortable or scared, believing that there must be something lurking around that is scary or contributing to the discomfort. Sometimes things can feel scary or off, but they're not, and you're safe, and in reality, all is good. Whereas we do not want to discount feelings because sometimes we know something from a gut level that does not register within the more cognitive sphere, we nonetheless do not want feelings to dictate life decisions. Don't dismiss your feelings, examine them, give them the respect that they deserve, and then decide what you need to do with them. Feeling scared or timid about, let's just say driving, does not mean the driving conditions around you are dangerous. So again, don't dismiss your feelings, examine them, take a look at them, give them again the respect that they deserve, and then make a conscientious decision about what you need to do with them. And the final cognitive distortion that we're going to discuss today is should statements. These statements often give rise to feelings of anxiety and fear by having you believe you should be doing something you're not or that you should have done something you didn't. They contribute to feelings of guilt and shame and ultimately to a self-narrative of failure. These thoughts can eventually promote the rise of a depressive disorder, which will then make it more difficult to extricate yourself from them. By self-reflecting and self-examining your should beliefs, their origins, and what is attaching you to these heavy suppositions, you will be providing yourself the opportunity to release them and perhaps granting yourself some much-needed peace and grace. Committing to being the best person you can be is not synonymous with living in the space of shoulds. You are human and you will, at times, do things that do not express your very best and somewhere within yourself, you will need to come to terms with the fact that this is okay. A term and recommendation made popular by psychologist Albert Ellis, founder of Rational Emotive Behavioral Therapy, is to stop shitting all over yourself. Here's what you're going to want to do. Incorporate transformational language in your self-dialogue. The words you choose to speak with yourself matter. They eventually become the language that shape your thoughts and experiences. Use words that empower you, that shift your mindset toward confidence and self-efficacy, and minimize the use of words that ultimately become your thoughts that minimize you. Your first and most powerful step is to develop an awareness of these distortions and when you're using them. 
Be open to reliable and honest feedback from trusted others. Don't try to rush progress each and every time, each and every step in the right direction will get you one step closer to clarity and truth. Keep examining your thoughts and look for distortions. If you're finding this to be a formidable challenge, then don't hesitate to seek professional guidance. The go-to intervention that may be helpful for you is cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT, a form of therapy highly effective at promoting more realistic and balanced thinking. Extensions of more traditional CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy include Dialectical Behavioral Therapy, or DBT, it combines cognitive behavioral therapy techniques with principles of mindfulness. Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, ACT, combines CBT, mindfulness, and acceptance-based strategies to increase flexibility, which is a key executive functioning skill. Another one is Mindfulness-Based Cognitive Therapy, MBCT. It combines CBT, or Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, Mindfulness and Breathwork, and it's an offshoot of John Kabat-Zinn's Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program, or MBSR. In summary, problem-solving and critical reasoning are essential executive functioning skills that empower individuals to challenge cognitive distortions, make informed decisions, solve complex problems, think strategically, and live more peaceful and satisfying lives. Elevate your executive functions to reduce your cognitive distortions. And as promised in my introduction, I'm going to leave you with the wisdom of Don Miguel Ruiz, author of the bestseller, The Four Agreements, A Practical Guide to Personal Freedom. Here they are as outlined in his book. These agreements are based on ancient Toltec wisdom and offer guidance for living a life of happiness, peace, and fulfillment. The four agreements are as follows. Number one, be impeccable with your word. This agreement emphasizes the power of our words and the importance of speaking truthfully and with integrity. Number two, don't take anything personally. This agreement reminds us that what others say or do is a projection of their own reality. It's based on their beliefs and experiences. By not taking things personally, we can avoid unnecessary suffering and maintain our inner peace. Sometimes what's said behind our backs is truly none of our business. Number three, don't make assumptions. Making assumptions about others' thoughts, feelings, or intentions often lead to misunderstandings and conflicts. This agreement encourages us to ask questions and seek clarity as a method of conflict resolution rather than to make unnecessary assumptions. It promotes and enhances effective communication and genuine understanding. And number four, always do your best. This agreement encourages giving your best effort in everything you do, regardless of the circumstances. It acknowledges that our best may vary from moment to moment and even day to day. But by consistently delivering your best, you can live a fulfilling and authentic life. To live well, one must think well. Now, go engage in your world with clarity, connection, and courage.
The information presented is intended for general knowledge and is not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. As with most things in life, there isn't a magic pill or cure-all, but there are strategies to help regain control of your life. If you'd like to read or learn more about today's and other related topics, please visit drmarierogers.blogspot.com.